Open up your ears and open up your mind They'll reach into your throat and pull out your spine And when the sun blows up and the earth is gone There's still experience grind with Kyle and Sean Hi Shawnee boy What up buddy? It's not a casual intro coming like we normally do <laughs> Can you say coming again? Oh, coming Ah! Damn, I was gonna think of something funny I made myself my uncomfortable Yeah also, cumin? Do you ever say it is coming? No. No. I laugh at people who do. Yeah. Yeah. I th- the only people one... that call it coming are the people who don't work with food. Sure, the people that really don't honestly know. Um, yeah. I am uh, late thirties, and I still laugh every time I open the cabinet and I see dillweed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yo, dillweed seed. Oh man, damn. Yeah. Yeah, it gets worse. Woo. <laughs> Uh, my favorite though is like the spice that's called uh ejaculate (laughs) no no that's not a spice what my neighbor's been lying to me believe me my mom would put it on everything if it was (laughs) my my neighbor's been selling me ejaculate at wholesale price he says he gets a deal what do you literally live in south park i wish Actually, I don't, man. That'd be a terrible place to leave it. They, uh, Some of butter. This is not the way I was going to go with it, but this is great. And it just popped in my head. Thank you, ADHD. There's a very popular communication starter I see on like gaming related pages where they're like, the last game you played is the world that you wake up in and have to live in. How screwed are you? Uh, like, is that a question for me? Sure. I mean, I guess we could say that too. And then I'll roll uh, into what I originally thought. What was the last thing you played? The, I mean, obviously Overwatch. But other I mean, than was, that, Wingspan. It's a toss-up between the two. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, Vampire Survivors, you're pretty fucked. You're, you're literally guaranteed to die. Oh, it's it's been a hot minute since I've played that game. <laughs> like, I downloaded it on my phone. Okay, folks, I don't know if you know this, but if you heard us talking about this and how good it is, and you're like, but guys... I don't have a computer. I I can't get sucked into that. Guess what? It's on mobile phones and it's free. Yeah, so I downloaded that and then I immediately deleted it. Yeah, I can't game on my phone, dude. I've said it a thousand times. Yeah, I can't game on my phone either. But also, I don't want to take the risk that I can game on my phone with that game because Mm -hmm. that is a fucking mistake waiting to happen, my dude. I get it. I know that like or I knew that it was... I knew it was done so a long time ago when I bought, like, there was this special Sony PlayStation phone that they released in the beginning of the smartphone era that, like, yeah, slid buddy. up, and it was a PlayStation controller. Yep. And you could put remember that. Uh, ROMs and shit on it and, like, play NES games. And I did that, and I could play any game I wanted <clears throat> in my hands, and I just could not fucking care less. I was like, ugh, I don't want to sit here and hold this and play games. Similar thing now, I have Final Fantasy Tactics on my current cell phone. One of my favorite games of all time. I've played like the first 10 minutes maybe and I hate it. Mm. Can't phone it's, game, dude. Especially if it's a touchscreen. Back yes. in the day when I uh, was selling cell phones, I'm talking like 2005, 2006, when the first like pocket PC phones came out, the Windows mm-hmm. one with the slide out keyboard. I remember I won one in a sales competition and for obviously the first thing I did was put a bunch of ROMs on it and put sure. like old Nintendo games on it. And you know what? Now I think about it. 
I played those for like in totality of owning that phone, maybe two hours total ever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Ever. Man. And that was with a slide out keyboard. Craziness, right? Yeah. Fuck that. Just, it's not our Give thing, me a man. Game boy. <clears throat> and that's the weirdest part because, dude, I will play a PSP mm-hmm. like all day. I'll play a PS Vita. I love my Vita. So. Give me a dedicated device. That's you the know? way I am. I also, like, if I'm going to do something like that, I have to put my phone in do not disturb mode. Like, if I'm doing anything that's oh, full sure. screen, do not disturb. Fucking group chats are blown up nonstop. <laughs> I, I cannot. No, no, no. Especially when I'm. Okay. So I do a lot of, like, making clips for Twitter for, like, wrestling. And yeah. so, like, I will be watching on my TV, and then something will happen. I'll switch the or quickly switch to my phone and rewind it like fifteen seconds, and then screen record and like edit it down, whatever. And the amount of times that I was doing that, and then all of a sudden, like nine messages come through after like twenty minutes of silence, only while I'm screen recording. It's like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you stupid fucks, stop messaging me right now. I'm doing something. <laughs> and the worst part is, man, is that like, I'd say probably good like 75% of the time the message isn't even for you, but you, it still no. is like, ah! Yeah. No. It's for one person it. out of the entire group chat. <laughs> Stupid, like message them directly, you asshole. I'm trying to do work <laughs> here. Fuck. Dude, I'm trying even, to work here. Even when I was getting clips for the Wrestle Kingdom show last last week, which all got removed because, you know, copyright, Japan, whatever. Um, sure. Even then, dude, at five in the morning, there was messages coming through. And I'm like, my phone's going back into do not disturb mode. It is too early for this bullshit. <laughs> Go to sleep, everybody, for fuck's sake. Fucking screw you guys. I can't deal with this bullshit. <laughs> screw you guys. I'm going silent. No, man, uh, that's a that's a real harsh way for me to start off to ask, uh, how's the year of positivity going, buddy? Fucking awesome, dude. It is going really well for me, too, right? Hell yeah, dude. I'm on day four in a row of hitting the mountain. Dude, yes, you are. That's what I was going to talk about. Hell yeah. You got in some, uh, some pre-record shreddies. Yeah, I was on the mountain for like two hours today. Went up there and uh, during daylight left... Left after a couple of night runs, so got to see the sun go down, hit a couple of dark night runs, and then came home, mate, and uh, got ready to record. It's fucking awesome, and it's also something, this is like the differences in our ADHD where like I can't usually do things like that. Like if I'm, I have this record, like planning, like it'll be weird for me to do anything else until like I get this done. Really? Like I'd be weird to even like game before like doing this. Oh, dude, I could, if I had 20 minutes, like, I finished eating at 7.14, and we, you called me at, like, 7.16, mm-hmm. I finished eating at 7.14. If I had 20 minutes, I would have absolutely played a game or two of Overwatch. That's craziness to me. See, to me, yeah. like, I'm always like, oh, I've got to load it up, then I've got to wait for it to load, then i got to press A, and then it's got to, and I'm just, but that's also me on my destiny dumb shit. Yeah. But I feel like most games, like even a Final Fantasy, like it's going to, I got to sit there for a bit. Well, I, I don't feel know. Like Overwatch only takes, it takes less than a minute for me to hop into a game. And also I hit the mountain at like 3.30 and yeah. I was home by 5.30 or 6. 
And so that left me over an hour's worth. Honestly, I got home and laid in bed for a half an hour before I decided to eat. Damn. Like I was like... I was sitting around just to be like, come on, Kyle, get out of work, man. <laughs> Fuck. I call it, it was pretty much exactly one hour since I left work that I called you. Like that was That's my timeline. And twenty of that was travel. Okay. Which okay. isn't the worst thing anymore. That's like I'm never gonna have it as easy as I had it. <laughs> yeah, where I literally lived across the street from walked where I across the street, <laughs> like couldn't get fucking easier. So Damn, uh, you dude. gotta you gotta take the you take the good you take the bad you take the bad take some wins, man. I'll tell you, so, like it's been a good for us recording right now. It's been like a good ten days of positivity for me, uh-huh. even with, with positive stuff going on. I get to watch the world of wrestling melt around me, which is sure. entire. It is so entertaining right now. I, half I'm of getting the world. So much- the other half melted down like what four months ago, but they've pretty much recovered. Yeah, I mean, whatever happened with CM Punk, whatever. That's exactly them. yeah. But now, like Vince McMahon's back, Stephanie McMahon's resigning. Like it is a meltdown, and I wish I had popcorn, but unfortunately, I do not. I so, hate it, anyways, man. I, I really do hate it because. I I actually had a lot of hope and positivity for WWE there for a bit, man. I thought it was on the right path. It's so fucking, dude. These these ego fuckheads, man. I hate them. I fucking hate them. The world yeah. would be so much so much better off without all these egotistical pricks that just they're not the pharaohs of Egypt, man. They aren't. But nobody's with that, gonna, yeah. that little rant out of the way. How's your ten days of positivity been? <laughs> Weirdly enough, man, like... I hate those fucks. (laughs) This is the most negative it's been. Like, I don't know. I think... So negativity is also a thing that I feel is not healthy to keep bottled up. Um, So I do... I try to get it out of me, too. Um, But, man, overall, like, I've been really positive. I've done some things. I've... I've, I think we can all chastise ourselves for being lazy and... uh, so I've I've tried to be more, more movement oriented, motivated, doing things. Uh, like I've been doing a lot of behind the scenes work. I've been talking about the stream and destiny and wanting it to work, and I've actually made a lot of progress on that. People to the point where I might do some testing tonight. Yeah, uh, we'll see. But that's going <laughs> great. I've wanted to clean out my garage forever, and I've I've actually put I bought like giant trash bags, and I've loaded up tons of those with cardboard to take to the recycling center now so i'm making things happen man it's going positive so that's awesome dude Uh, and like with you getting this destiny thing up and going i don't think people realize how impossible destiny and bungie made it to To stream stream. destiny and so like that's a huge accomplishment there and not only that like you know me i'm on twitter all day long and all I've been seeing is you just engaging with Destiny community and stuff, which has been really cool to see because it's like, I think the best way to enjoy Twitter is to like f- take one of your passions and just engage in that yep. community and yep. block all the negative shit out there and just like be a part of something that you like. And when you do that, I think it's one of the best forms of social media you can do. Like I said uh, earlier this year, and even last episode, I talked about I've blocked Kevin Sorbo on the Experience Grind Twitter, which is like, that was like the core of all of my hate. Like, 
he wasn't the he was a lot of the focus but there was all with him comes all this other bullshit that like just bleeds in because that's the way twitter works yeah so like blocking that and like actively engaging with this destiny community which has brought more of that back into it's been great i also have getting a lot of wrestling bumps in yeah um so it's great i've moved a lot of that stuff that makes me angry to the alternate Twitter I, I keep to stay angry. So that's fine. <laughs> Kevin Sorbo, the there. epicenter of all of your anger. It's one of now. After Rush died, I had to find somebody new, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm not going to lie. You kept like doing this thing with your hand and it just kept looking like you were jerking off something off camera. And it was I forget really what I was even doing. It was like you kept bringing your hands together, and it was just like you were grasping some phallic instrument. Um, I mean, but but where natural. else are you going to engage with all of that stuff? You know, Twitter's like the one place you can socially engage with all of these destiny personalities. And get, sure, like I feel like I've liked way more of your posts <laughs> in the last week than I have in the last yeah. year. Because well, I'm like, also- I also don't like things, so I know that it won't pop up on my screen. Yeah, that, and you're also, you're a positive guy. You're putting that positivity out. I'm taking that. I'm redistributing it too. You know, that's, that's the way we work, baby. We're feeding each other this positivity in 23, man. Not just you and me, to everybody. We're bumping all you people up. Some people have this redistribution of wealth. We've got the redistribution of positivity, which doesn't roll off the tongue nearly as well, but some would argue it's better. What well, I think nobody's going to argue that at all. As much as like we enjoy <laughs> the Twitter engagements, uh, we would also enjoy some more Facebook engagements, y'all. You should all be more like our good buddy Phil and frequent guest Jean-Claude Van Damme expert. Phil is like, that dude's so awesome. He loves yeah. things. He interacts. He asks questions. Guys, be like Phil. Come talk to us. I feel like Phil asked us a question. He did. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's very relative, and it actually is a pretty good opening question. Um, so, like, famously, on, to the poor, unprivileged uh, listeners that can't read and don't know what we're talking about this week, we're going to be talking about Glass Onion, colon, a Knives Out mystery, right? I think yeah. that's what they call it. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. So, uh, famously, like, at the last minute and against... Uh, almost everybody in the movies wishes they Netflix added that little tagline on there to tie it into this Knives Out movie universe, which I get. I understand because Glass Onion has no relevance to anything. And Knives, on- Knives Out was a hit. It was popular enough that you would want people to see something related to it. Mm hmm. But I do also like, it is weird to just tack shit on like that. And to, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm literally 50-50 on it. I totally undersee a studio's reasoning and want to do it because they've invested money in it and they have to get money back out of it. But I right. also understand the merits of wanting your work to stand on its own. And it's not like every Poirot novel is named a Poirot mystery, you know? Mm-hmm. They're just an Agatha Christie novel. That you know has Pro-O in it, you'll know what it's getting. But then also we're in a different era from when Agatha Christie was writing novels. Everything is so fucking fast and instant, yes. people forget things they saw last week. So I think overall it's probably a slight bonus to the movie. I think, so 
you talk about the uh, Hercule Perot uh, flicks. If I don't think if those if those weren't based on Agatha Agatha Christie uh, works, if those were just things that were created for film, now I feel like all of those movies that came out. I, I speak as if there's twelve of them, but if those movies came out now and they weren't pre based on novels i feel like they would have a tagline of some sort on this sure oh, i see what you're saying so if, if they were a product of the current era they would yeah. have that whatever it may be a hercule yeah novel yeah but I, also I, probably I, I feel like um i feel like glass onion in all honesty is known more as just glass onion even when you imdb it it's mm-hmm. just glass onion not yeah. glass onion and knives out mystery um, that's just kind of what it, an also known as thing. And I feel like it's just a, a tagline so that, you know, it's in that world. Like I have never once heard somebody refer to this movie at all while speaking as glass hung in a knives out mystery outside <laughs> sure. of like three sure. minutes ago, you know, when you brought that up. And so I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing because I think in the overarching, grand scheme of things i think it is a good way for folks who might not know to be able to look at it and be like mm-hmm. oh snap okay uh, i'm scrolling through netflix and a knives out mystery pops up and it's got a different title you're like oh shit i've seen knives out let I me check out what out. this is that was cool yeah so did did phil leave other examples uh he also listed uh birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn which, outside of that even the name down, Harley, it? what's that? That got cut down, didn't it? And the, it was generally similar to Glass Onion. It was generally just called Birds of Prey, but the okay. full title was Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, because they wanted to get the Harley Quinn name in there to tie it into the DC universe, yeah. I guess, so people would actually see it. Although I feel like, dude, the people that see comic book movies know everything about them already, like. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. I'm also, I, I while you were talking, I was having this other thought of like, to let's use Poirot as a, uh, or Poirot as another example of it being made in current era. Would it be like a different thing where like, I feel now people that write things of that nature where they know they're going to be set in a story, they go ahead and pre-brand it a la your Harry Potters and... You're, uh, look, I mean, fuck, Fast and the Furious. Like, all those Fast and the Furious movies, like, they're labeled that whatever. Now they just number them. But, like, would it be if you just saw Prisoner of Azkaban without the Harry Potter, like, you know? Okay, so let me ask you this. Or let me, let me posit this. I wish that it wasn't a Knives Out mystery. Mm-hmm. I wish... That Knives Out was the glass onion of this universe, and it had a different universal name. Whether it's just Blanc, Knives Out, Blanc, Glass Onion, you know, something like that, where Glass Onion is the tagline. Exactly. Or the subtitle. Whatever word I'm looking for, y'all know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, I wish that Knives Out... When you think about it, it doesn't make much sense because mm-hmm. that is that in itself is a completely different story. Yeah. 
And that's so I guess that's weird. Exactly. Because that's the other part of it is as this continues, it's going to always be the knives out universe because I hope the next one is like uh toaster in a bathtub, a glass onion mystery. <laughs> <laughs> now, that would be fine if they keep continuing it that way. That's even better. <laughs> That'd be so hope- fucking funny. I hope Ryan Johnson does that. I hope he subverts my expectations in that way, because that would be great. But did Ryan Johnson do the first one? Yeah, yeah. He wrote okay, and directed cool. both these. These are his babies. Because okay. he won he loves Agatha Christie novels and the Hercule Perot characters, and he wanted to make a modern one. So Ta- Benoit okay. Blanc is basically his Hercule Perot. We'll get into it, but talk about one person doing two mysteries completely different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, this was a completely different movie than Knives Out. It was. And I, I think that's to Ryan Johnson's testament. I, I break his balls because I famously did not like The Last Jedi. And they everybody talks about subverting your expectations, which is a thing that he does. It's one of his filmmaking, like, the flavor of Ryan Johnson. And I, mm. I he absolutely, <laughs> I'm not surprised that he went in a completely jarringly different way for glass onion because he wanted to make it a completely separate thing again he didn't even want to call it knives out so it's i'm yeah it's not the i'm okay with it and i hope that the third one that i know is also already in development uh will be something completely new and drastically different outside of i bet he still is partnered with a plucky young female because that's a great little uh trope it's sort of like doctor who-ish Dude, you I, like sign me up for another 30 of these. I, I don't know if I've talked about it on this show, but one of my favorite series of books is uh, the Stephanie Plum series. I think there's only one movie called One for the Money. I've, you've certainly mentioned this, I feel. yeah. I, I definitely have. Dude, there's like like 40 books and mm-hmm. they all follow like the same formula. Do I need to read number 30 without reading number one? No, but love you, that shit. You definitely get so much more out of it because there is like a story that continues through the uh-huh. world of like she starts out this way and up in the first book and then becomes better and better at what she does. And some characters but, keep circling back and they're. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, you still have Morelli, the officer who's uh-huh. her on again, off again boyfriend and Ranger, who's a security dude who she get, has the hots for like. I fucking love those books, but it is the same rinse and repeat pattern every single time. Sure. But it's a new mystery every time. Exactly. And it keeps me coming back. And I just love the world and the characters and the stories as over the top as they are. You could give me the same clear cut Benoit Blanc story over and over again with a new mystery every time. Sign me the fuck up, dude. Mm-hmm. Sam, I'm with you. I- I don't know those books, but I think most people, I have a series, I wouldn't call them cheap, but I would say they're a bit pulpy, but it's detective novels. It's all, it's all this one detective and it's, he's solving a different murder case in each, and they're fucking awesome. I love I'm them. I'm here for that. And again, similar, it's- like you can read them in order, but I didn't, I've jumped around. I, when I find one in like a used bookstore, I pick it up. I'm like, oh shit, it's a new Harry Bosch novel. Fuck yeah. I'm going to buy that. And then I read yeah. it and it's great. It- and all it takes is like development of that main character, mm-hmm. something that keeps you coming back to it, or development in the world where you enjoy the world. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, it's definitely like the Benoit Blanc character is just so fascinating. And I love watching him like 
the big twist and the beginning where he solves that thing right off the bat. I'm fucking great. And I was like, at first I was like, why is he such a dick? And then I was like, okay, I get it now. Mm -hmm. It was, Mm -hmm. it was very nice. I loved it. (laughs) And it, you, I, I don't know. Maybe you get a little comfortable and forget how fucking good Blanc is. And this is another thing that just instantly it's like, oh shit, this guy is really fucking good. Yeah, like, this is the guy who, in the beginning of this movie, has been so clinically depressed, laying in a bathtub because he hasn't had anything stimulating his mind. Because of he's in he's, COVID lockdown. He's in COVID lockdown, he's doing nothing, he's depressed, he can't do anything. I love, 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 love that this is a period piece. It's weird that you can call 2020 a period piece. Yep. Like in 2022, or no, it's fucking 2023. Oh my God. It is now. But to call 2023 an actual real life period piece only three years removed is such a cool, horrifying, and somber. Like, yeah. It was, this was brilliant. It was cool. What's weird to me now is like when I watch TV and I see things and I'm like, huh, those people aren't masked up in that giant crowd. It's weird to me now to see that. And so, like, it was cool just to watch this. And I was like, oh, hey, yeah, I remember. We did this. We all did. I also love, love, man. All right. So, also off the bat, and maybe I need to revisit it, because I famously did not really enjoy Knives Out that much. I'll be honest with you. You got to watch it again, my dude. I guess so. Maybe we will for the for the show. Maybe fuck it next week Please. or the week after. We got it nope. coming up. I got a different plan for next week. Yeah, so we'll, we'll skip it, but uh, we'll come back soon because I would like to because holy shit, did I enjoy the fuck out of this movie. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. Yeah. This was a trip and a half. There's so many fantastic little details and again, goddamn you, Ryan Johnson, there's so many nice little uh, subversions of my expectation. He tricks you a lot and it's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And I love when you fall for it. Um, the big one that got me is when a uh, homegirl bumps into Batista and I was like, she stole his gun. And he wanted me to think that. And she didn't yep. do it. The super, yep. super fucking great things like that. Absolutely. Are you talking about uh, who that girl's supposed to be, Andy? No, no, it wasn't her. It's the other girl. Uh, when she drunkenly stumbles into her, the senator lady. I can't think of her name, but oh, I love her. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Claire. But at one point in the, in the party, she like stumbles because she's drunk. And I was like, she stole his gun. And this was before is, a gun had been stolen. Which is crazy because somebody else bumped into him. Andy's character bumped into him. And I thought she stole his gun. Mm. There is There are so many different things that as you're watching this movie play out, I think depending on what you are paying attention to as a moviegoer, you had a completely different experience watching this. I think he also treated it a bit like a magician where like when you know the basis of magic, when you're watching a magician, you're watching for the moves. And I think like, again, he subverted our expectation. He knew what fans of murder mysteries are going to be looking for and expecting. And he fucking zooped you mm-hmm. and he zipped you and then he zagged you. And then we get the ending and you're like, what? Yep. Well, uh, are we are we dipping into spoilers after this? Going into this? I mean, it's we're at the thirty minute mark. This is full on discussion right. at this point. Spoiler time. Go watch this movie. When you're done, come back. 
Just pause us. It's okay. Catherine Hahn. Catherine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Claire. Claire's character. Yep, yep. Catherine Hahn. This was in incredible cast just like the first one yeah absolutely killer cast i don't know which cast i like better honestly this one's a little bit more star-studded um in my opinion Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter regardless one way or the other i laughed out loud when okay so i mentioned that this is a period piece okay Mm -hmm. but the only the only reason that even matters, it doesn't matter outside of the first 10 minutes of this movie. Mm -hmm. Everybody's in lockdown and everybody's masked, but the way that everybody is masked immediately makes you feel a certain way towards that character. Birdie J. Dave Batista's character, Duke, who refuses to wear a mask. You have, what's her name? Uh, Birdie Birdie J. J, Who is wearing... A mesh mask. It's so not even perfect. mesh. It was like, like fishnet. It and was it like was, a f- yeah, stylish, and just it obviously was the dumbest mm. mask in the entire world. And I've seen, I saw people doing that at the time. They're like, "What? It's a mask." And it's like, yeah, it's it was so perfect. You instantly knew she was self centered, a stuck up cunt bitch, and you're supposed to hate her. And I was like, "Fuck yeah, man, I'm there." And it same thing with Batista. Mask. Yeah, it was like a. Freaking fucking fashion statement. It was not a mask. Then you've got Claire, who you just mentioned, whose mask is falling like under her nose the entire time. Oh, dude. I love that. That is the only reason for this to be set in 2020 was for you to form opinions on these characters. It definitely, definitely helped you like establish their base characteristics and it, it was fantastically done and of course benoit blanc is standing there just stoic wearing his mask it's it's all these subtle little things his isn't falling off he's nope. we get the idea that he's calm cool he's put together not knowing that there is an entire different layer going on in this movie so the movie starts with edward norton's character miles sending out all of these puzzle boxes to all of his friends that they have to solve and once they end up solving it it's an invitation to his island for them to play a murder game of figure out who murdered me over the course of this weekend and of course they all solve it and for some reason benoit blanc ends up getting one of these boxes even though he's not one of the friends which means he ends up showing up there. Now, we already told you guys, he solves this mystery really quick. And when the we murder say he mystery. solves this... Yeah. yeah. He's, when we say that, we mean before he even starts, they're all on these this island, this crazy high-tech island, just having a good time, having dinner before it even starts. And he goes, well, you know, when does it start? Has it already started? And he goes, yeah, sure, I guess. And he just... Lays out exactly what happens. To and the T. Miles is pissed. Oh. Absolutely pissed. It turns out, though, that this isn't the mystery of the movie. Of there are not. so many different layers. There's Andy, his old business partner. His, there's all of these different people that are his, air quotes, best friends that are actually just people that don't really like him, but they used to be friends, and they're just kind of sticking around because they he funds everything for them yep. so there's all of these reasons for people to actually want to kill him but the main mystery behind this is 
we mentioned Andy, his old business partner. Well, newsflash, Andy's dead. This is her twin sister that's there. Now, unfortunately, because someone on this island killed her, well, there's someone on this island that knows this isn't Andy. She's not for real. It's somebody else. And so there's another mystery that goes on behind that when this person gets shot. God damn it. And then we go through this entire another backstory to catch up to this point where we figure out she wasn't even shot. And that's like a and, good hour into the movie. This movie's like two hours long and at like pretty much the hour break, everything stops and we rewind to right at the beginning when Benoit gets a knock on his door and then we see everything from that angle and it's so fucking awesome. It's and, all planned that he's on this island. All of Andy, air quotes Andy's, I can't remember her sister's name, but I'm just going to keep calling her Andy. But all of Andy's sister's movements are all choreographed and planned and like they're colluding behind the scenes. So all those scenes where we saw Benoit following, say, Duke or this person or that person. And in our heads, we are seeing one version of what's happening. After that hour mark, we see it again. But there's Andy's sister also following along and them sharing information as they're trying to figure out how Andy died. And so it's like it's. There's layers, you know, like, like an, an onion. onion. <laughs> Damn it, I was going there first, you son of a bitch. <laughs> gotcha. I know. That's why I never shut up. I'll always it, get to the point first. It's so meta. It's so perfectly constructed. And as much as I shit on it, I, I like the guy, a lot of his work. And God damn it, Ryan Johnson made a fucking awesome film here. I fucking loved it. it it's so meta with the title Glass Onion and that fact that the movie is an actual onion that you're peeling back these layers to. There is a physical glass onion. <sighs> Fucking Edward Norton is a super ultra rich douche. Mm-hmm. Everybody's I love detestable. That mm. The little pieces like this is one of those things where if you see a minute detail, it, nothing is wasted. Like when they show you that little piece of hydrogen that is... Uh, that is powering everything. They show you that little piece. It comes back in a big way at the end of the movie. That little piece is handed to Andy's sister. She blows up the whole place with that. And so it's like you were just shown it for a very brief moment earlier in the flick, and boom, it comes back. What happens to Duke's phone? Oh, wow. I watched this with Sarah, and she was like, did you just see the glass switch? Between, you know, when Miles and Duke, their glasses switched, she saw him hand the glass straight into Duke's hand. I didn't catch it at all. I saw it happen, and I was like, but I didn't think anything of it. And then he gaslights you later when he re when Ryan Johnson redoes the scene because he Edward Norton actually does set it down because that's the way he's telling the story it's so and you're like gaslit to be like yeah uh, that's exactly what happened and then you're like wait no that is not what happened he tricked that him is, and hit it in the glass dude that was so fucking brilliant cuz she picked up him handing him the glass right it was a very slick sleight of hand kind of thing mm -hmm. where duke's reaching for his glass and miles just puts Miles's glass in Duke's hand because Miles spiked it with something that Duke's allergic to and he was going to kill Duke because there's more layers, but we're not going to get into it right now. But she saw that and then 
like you just said, I was visually gaslit, shown a different mm-hmm. scene in mm-hmm. which my brain's like, yeah, no, that is what I saw. You know, that that makes complete sense until it's peeled back later. No, 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 no. That's just what we wanted you to see at that moment. Oh, dude. I love this movie's brilliant. It is really, really fucking well done. And again, both of them written and directed by Ryan Johnson. They are fully his creation. So credit to him where it's due, man. I, I cannot hate on good things just to be a fucking semantic dick. So I won't do that. Um, I will say this, though. For every good thing that I can say, I said that this movie is brilliant. I think that this is a better movie than Knives Out. But... Knives Out, at least, I think you can solve on your own. This movie is a mystery that's being told to you and not a mystery that you are expected to kind of figure out what's happening. This isn't one where, like, you're playing a game yourself watching this. Like, I enjoyed the heck out of this movie, but it was different in that, like, I was watching along, and by the end of it, I'm like, man, there's no way I could have ever put this together. Even if I watch it again and look for telltale signs, because it's not meant to be that way. Everything's supposed to peel back and reveal itself as Mm -hmm. the movie goes on. Exactly. And that's okay. That's okay. I just don't want anybody confusing this with kind of like what you did with Knives Out, where you can see kind of this happen or a switch happen or try to guess where it was going. I think sort of this one, you couldn't guess anything because the whole movie changes halfway through. I think sort of the the two. Poirot movies we watched were very similar in that I I kind of figured out most of what happened in Death on the Nile, but I didn't get it on Orient Express because they trick you in that one in that it's fucking yep. everybody. So it's like, yep. so it, it's sort of similar in that vein. I, I, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Yeah, and I think we even, I made the point on Murder on the Orient Express as well that I think that Murder on the Nile or Death on the Nile was a better mystery movie, mm-hmm. but Murder on the Orient Express was a better movie. I think you're right. It's weird. I don't know if, I, if I'm going that far with this one, because again, I, I did not like Knives Out, so I, I think this movie is better in all regards. But I do want to watch rewatch Knives Out and give it a, a fair shake. So, well, I'll have to revisit it. I will reserve that judgment. Let me say that. I, I think, dude, honest, I think on another watch... I really hope that you change your opinion on Knives Out. If you don't, that's also fine. Mm-hmm. Because everybody has their own opinion. But man, I went back. I saw Knives Out, I think, three times in theaters. Damn, okay. Like, I absolutely love that movie. And I'm really bummed that I didn't get an opportunity to see this movie in theaters. It was only in theaters for like a week. Yeah, because Netflix owns it. They They fully funded this one and the third one, so... It's yeah. their things. So again, I if that's what it takes to get more, fucking fine, man. I don't yeah. care. Like you, I'm like you, dude. Give me thirty of these movies as long as uh, Daniel Craig and Ryan Johnson want to do them. Let's roll. Yep. And please, so. I need Daniel Craig. I need Ryan Johnson doing these. Like Daniel Daniel Craig. If they ever have, get to a point where Daniel Craig is not in the movie movies, just just cut it. It's done. <laughs> right. There's no point. I don't want to see another person being Benoit Blanc. Another, uh, I don't know if you, how much research you did for this, but one of the other things Ryan Johnson wanted to do with this one is he wanted, uh, in the beginning, for Blanc to have a completely different accent for this movie compared to the first one. And it would be like a thing Why? that changes every, just to make it different. But I, 
I'm glad he didn't. I love the Southern Same. Daniel Craig. It's so. Mm. Okay. So you, uh, you got Perot, right? Mm-hmm. Who has this soft spot for desserts. Like that's his thing. I love that in the modern age of Benoit Blanc, he cannot he cannot stand games surrounded by murder or mystery. Mm-hmm. He cannot play Among Us, which doesn't I like laughed it. so he hard doesn't when understand they were playing it. this. Yeah, because we've also got Angela Lansbury is there. Yes. Mm. Dude, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Of course. <laughs> like, but we got- I was looking at the screen. I'm like, why are these guys his like constituents? It's great. <laughs> I love that so- they're playing with Benoit Blanc, the world's greatest detective, and they're beating him. They they figured out he was the imposter because he has no yeah. idea how to play it. <laughs> Yo, Benoit, we saw you go into the duct. <laughs> He's like, but you uh, you were doing your chores. Uh, and then I love how later in the movie he completely shits all over Clue, and it's like yeah. it, it keeps shitting on game. Clue too. Yeah, he right, and every time someone brings it up, he just gets disgruntled and mm-hmm. just shits on it more. And I'm like, man, this is a just a personal character arc that I want to see continue, yeah. no matter what games they get into. Like, bring up Secret Hitler. I don't care. Or whatever the other games are. Avalon. Shit on that. Settlers of Catan. Yeah. Uh, That's a little less murder uh, mystery, but hey. Again, I love the how shitty all these people are. And like, generally, I would not like them. I love that Dave Batista is the men's right activist who sells supplements. And then like, we also find out that, of course, he still lives with his mom. Oh, my God. Who absolutely verbally abuses Just him. beats the shit out of him, smacks him, and it's fucking oh. Dave Batista. Dude, it is so great. The way that he apologizes to his mom mm-hmm. and just, like, succumbs to, like, his mother yeah. being angry at him. And such a fucking men's right activist thing, too. Like, oh, yeah, he talks this big, tough game online, but, of course, his mommy runs his entire life. Ah, such just... God damn it, dude. And I love how his whole backstory is the fact that he was a Twitch streamer. Uh-huh. Like, he's this big jacked up geek who gets all this funding and then he changes his whole personality to be this super activist guy. And then his arc kind of goes in that you think that his girlfriend Whiskey's cheating on him with Miles. But in reality, well, that's also still the case. But in reality, he also knows about it and uses that to his advantage. Yeah, he's like to kind of try to it. fuck over Miles. Yeah. Uh-huh. So like you start liking, you start hating someone for even another reason, and then you start to like them because they're like b- being treated shitty by him. Then you realize they're all pieces of shit mm-hmm. to begin with, and fuck them it's all. It's like this roller coaster of like I like him. It's like Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. You like him, you hate him. You like him, you hate him. But condensed into two hours. The one I I didn't see like uh, Leslie Odom Jr. He wasn't. I didn't get what the bad thing about the scientist guy was. Other than like, because he didn't want to do the research. He didn't want to push it through. But it was revealed later that he knew. Um, he knew like well in advance that like he acted all mad at Miles for pushing this through and putting this into households but he knew like weeks prior that it was going to happen anyways and did nothing to stop it but like also 
like in the grand scheme of things, he was the least shit baggy of all of these For shit sure. bags. I, I think whiskey actually wasn't bad either, to be honest with you. No, she wasn't bad at all. She but actually, she also yeah. wasn't one of this like core founding group. She's just no. along for the ride with Duke. Like mm-hmm. she's actually to Andy, like the or Andy's sister, like the best character there. Yeah, she's very nice to her. It you, was oh uh, my god, Kate Hudson's Birdie J, dude. dude. How stupid she is, but like she acts like she's the most brilliant person in the world because she has no filter. And so, like, everybody thinks she's brave to say what's on her mind. Yeah. But, dude, well, she thought that a, a sweatshop factory was, sweat was a pants. place that made sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, what a dumbass. It's that. It's also, like, uh, the useful idiot trope is Birdie J, where, like, Edward Norton the keeps her around because, like, he can do stuff, make a quick buck, and obviously she'll take the fall because she's a fucking she's idiot. She's the fall guy. Yeah. She's yeah. she's a dumb patsy, a useful idiot. I love too. Like we talk about the subtle things. One of the things I noticed is that so we, we're cutting back and forth throughout the movie, and we're seeing what uh, Andy's sister is going through, like all the rooms and like turning them up and over. And you never know what room is what. But at one point, I saw. I was like, I think that was acid. Head? You see, like a sheet of acid with a couple of sheet like squares missing. And then you put together later, that's why fucking Kate Hudson is so weird at the end of the movie, because she's tripping her balls off. I never even noticed that. And that's why she's wearing the shimmery dress, and she's all dancey, and she says, what is reality? It's because she's tripping her fucking mind off. Oh, dude, that's so brilliant. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's, I was like, man, this bitch is like, she's tripping, because she's like, look at my dress, look at it in the lights, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then- See, this is a- it's this great, is exactly dude. like Knives Out, where it rewards multiple watches. Mm-hmm, for sure. Because like something like that, I wouldn't have noticed. I loved that it's little things like the stupid shit that Miles says throughout the movie. That, <laughs> that this is one Benoit, of the little yeah. things that Benoit points out, is that he gets to this... It's much like at the end of Knives Out, where he does this grandstand like accusation. The this is the thing. Yeah, the monologue, whereas in this one, it kind of all blows up in their face. But in this one, he goes back and he's pointing out the stupid shit that Miles says because he's not all there. And he goes, I can't understand why none of you don't realize Miles is a moron. But this is something that is shown. It it is one of the very first things that is shown to us when Leslie Odom Jr.'s character, Lionel, the scientist, is getting faxes from Miles for the dumbest ideas ever. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea who was sending it to him, and I didn't think about it until the end of the movie when Benoit points out how stupid Miles is. Yep. Then my mind shot back to those faxes that Lionel was getting of just really dumb ideas. Not only that, but he also faxed them because he's too stupid to fucking understand technology. He doesn't get email or how it works. He's, but yet he runs like the biggest technology. I don't know if you've picked up on this, Sean, but this guy is highly inspired by Elon Musk. I didn't pick yeah. up on that until yeah. right now. Yeah, Miles Braun is supposed to be an Elon Musk type because he's he runs all these super smart techie things, but he's fucking stupid. He doesn't know how they work. He has other people that do all that work for him. But everybody yep. thinks he's smart because he's rich. And it's like, that's not the way that this really works. And I love that. 
Because that's such a common thing in like people that want to seem smarter than they are is that they either use the the wrong word in the wrong place or they just make up words that sound smart and pepper them into conversation. And like when you hear them as you're watching the movie, again, Ryan Johnson does a great thing. He just plows through them to where like you don't even realize that like that's a made up word. You're just no sort of like drawn to it. It's it's awesome. But then like when Benoit later on lists them all one after another, you're like, God, those are fucking stupid. And I love, yeah. love when Birdie's, he's like, God, that's just so dumb. And she's like, yeah, so dumb. It's smart. And he's like, no, it's just dumb. <laughs> I love their first interaction together when she goes, yeah, people just think I'm so brave to say what they think. And he was like, don't you con- don't confuse speaking without thinking for s- saying things that others won't say, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it was, and she just like smiles and nods. I'm like, that was so br- <laughs> She doesn't even realize that he burned that ass. he burnt her so bad. Oh, mm. dude. Yeah. I, I, I will tell you, I watched this as a part of a double feature. I watched this and then followed it up with the, the menu. Spoiler alert, and- everybody. Yeah, I, I got to say that was like also spoiler alert. One of the best like evenings of just watching movies that I've had in I'm, a while. I'm looking forward to watching the menu. I had really no desire to <clears throat> from my cursory knowledge of it. It didn't seem up my alley. But the fact that you watched it and liked it so much, I still haven't learned anything else. I'm just going in blind. We're going, we're going to check it out, baby. So don't don't dude. I had no idea even what genre it was. Like, I don't know if you know what genre it is or like, don't, 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 don't. I think I kind of have a basic understanding, but I'm assuming that's again, going to get subverted. So I'm, I'm ready, man. And spoiler alert, everybody, if you want to be along for the ride with us, uh, we will be talking about the menu next week. Yeah. So that's what we were saying. We'll have to skip uh, a week before we get back to knives out, but yeah, we'll do the menu. And uh, if you guys want to just watch it along with us, so you're caught up and you're not listening to spoilers for a movie you haven't seen. There you go. Heads up. Um, boy, man. Also, also spoilers for that movie. Th- this might actually make you more excited. I usually I will watch a movie again the day of recording to remind myself of what's going to happen. I'm not going to watch the menu again. OK. OK. <laughs> I don't need to. <laughs> OK. All right. It's so, impossible. folks, watch it. Oh, man. Um, yeah, this this movie you should also watch. I'll, I'll say that. I don't really know what much more I have to say. There's so much to delve into, but I feel like... I, what I don't a, think you need to. Yeah, and what can you know? what else can we say? We, we've hit on... I guess we could go through, like, do you have a favorite character, even though they're all really shitbags, outside of Benoit uh. Blanc? I, I mean, I love I love Batista's character, mm-hmm. Duke. Duke is it's he's so funny and he is so pivotal to the movie because he's the only other one besides Andy that dies. But you don't know why he dies. You think that he dies because someone was trying to kill Miles. Yeah. But then it's peeled back that Miles killed Duke because Duke knew that. Andy Miles was, killed yeah, Andy. Yeah. Well, so Andy 
so <laughs> wow, there there is so much more that we didn't talk about. But like Andy died, but it wasn't released to the press because yeah. his sister didn't her sister didn't know that you were supposed to do that or report that somebody died. And so when she went to Benoit Block to be like, hey, my sister was murdered, you know, probably by her former associates. Um, he's like, okay, well, if anybody finds out, I'm gonna keep them from releasing this. Now, it was reported when they were on the island that she died. Batista's phone, Duke, Duke's phone is always getting alerts. So Google you find alerts, out yeah. that so you find out that when Duke shows Miles his phone and they agree to do a talk show, it's actually Duke blackmailing Miles with the information that Andy's dead and he knows that Miles killed her. Yeah. Now, you know, he put it together in that moment. And so they hide it really cleverly right in plain sight in front of your fucking face. And yeah, so he puts it all together and I put it together even before that because he said, oh, your car, you almost pancaked me at whatever. Now, when he said pancake the second time is when everything dawned on me. I was like, he said that earlier. He definitely saw Miles coming back from the scene. Whatever. It was Dude, also great because his character is so good. He starts to say Andy and Miles picks it. I forget what he, he says. Andy, Andy Co- uh, Anderson Cooper. Yeah, Anderson Cooper. Yeah, it's it's again. It's so awkward when looking back that yep. when they when uh, he reshows us. But at the time, again, you you think nothing of it. It's again, it's just nope. a line in the movie, and I love that there's no attention drawn to it. We steamroll past and. Yeah, he goes, you almost smoked me with that at Andy's. Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's so slick that you Mm -hmm. don't think twice about it, but when it's showed in isolation as a repeat or um, whatever it's called, when it's showed in isolation back to you later on, it's so obvious. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how did I miss that? That's great. Mm. It's like little breadcrumbs that you didn't know you were supposed to be following. And you didn't know they're relevant even until the second act even starts. <laughs> it, it's wild. What about you, dude? Sorry, I'm I'm like just gushing about this movie. Uh, Did you I have mean, a favorite character? Yeah, honestly, for the performance and I, I, Miles, really, I loved Edward Norton in it because he's so schmarmy. He's such a fucking schmuck that you don't want to like, and it's crazy. Like, kudos to Edward Norton because man, he's. He's a chameleon. He's uh he can play a lot of different he's got range and man. Yeah, he he, he really nails this egocentric smarmy fuckhead. So dude, chameleon is the best way to describe Miles too. Like uh-huh. Edward Norton, sure, Norton sure. can play he's a chameleon, being able to play all these things, and Miles portrayed to you is such a chameleon in that like one second he's one character, and by the end of the movie, he's just the slipperiest little like sh- like piece of grossness he's, he's laid bare for what he is what a t- movie has a shockingly low body count two people die two people yeah so and that's cool man uh murder mysteries uh, you only need the one i guess all right i i am not upset that this this episode is not nearly as long as the last couple yeah. because this this movie's so good that like what else can we say? Exactly. Like fine, I yeah. would rather gush for a half an hour about this movie than talk an hour about like breaking down scenes. Like mm-hmm. 
That's this not our style, so baby. That's not our style. Honestly, I thought you were going to come into this a lot more negative because you didn't give me anything in our outside discussion, and you, you led me to believe it was going to go a different way. So that's cool, man. I'm very I, happy. I knew you thought that because when I said I have thoughts. Yeah, I have thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. I left it there, and mm-hmm. I knew that you would think that I was coming into it super negatively, but I'm not. No, the only not thought I had was this is a much different movie than the first. Than For sure. Which, again, I think is a huge bonus. I think it's cool. Yep. It's fun. It's fresh. So uh, yep. speaking of cool, fun, and fresh, Shawnee, do you have a rating system that we could? Yes, I do. And I want to go first because right. I don't want you to steal my fucking rating. Sure. Well, I wouldn't anyway because I have no idea what I'm going with yet, so this will give me a little time. I... Man. Can you remember what was the celebrity that made his hot sauce? Oh, man. It's poor Jeremy Renner, was it not? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Captain No Legs Jeremy Jeremy Renner. Okay. Kyle, Mm -hmm. if you were to fake someone getting shot, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. and you had a bottle of Jeremy Renner's hot sauce, okay? And you are going to just douse somebody's blouse in it, make it look like they're covered in blood. Okay? Mm-hmm. You you do all of that, but you got to act distraught. You got to look like you're really upset that somebody is, uh, like you're upset that they died. How many drops of hot sauce are you dabbing on your eyes like a fucking... Jesus shit bag. What did he say? Jesus fuck or Jesus I've, shit? There's I, a lot of F-bombs in this movie, surprisingly. It, There's like stuff. four. It's very, uh, it paints a nice picture with the F word too, so. It was wild. Like, is this movie PG-13? No, I think it's R. Oh, it is PG-13. It but is? There's oh. like four F-bombs, dude. Either that or there's three. But I thought you could only have two or one. Yeah, I thought you could only have one. Yeah, there's definitely more than one. Oh my gosh. Um, anyways, on a scale of one to ten drops of hot sauce that you would put on your fingers to dab in your eyes to make it look like you were distraught about something that just happened, how many drops of hot sauce are you putting on your fingers as a rating for this movie? We didn't even talk about Serena Williams. That was funny oh, as hell. She did have a nice little cameo. Uh, I'm, you know, honestly, very positive. on. I'm going to say 8.5, eight and a half drops in my eyeballs nice. right here. So that's, it's high, man. That's, it's high praise. I would watch this movie again right now. So that'll, that'll tell you where we're at. Same. So if I had Netflix, I would watch that right when we're done with this. Um, I think I have my rating system, Sean. We'll also keep it fairly simple. I will go on a scale of one to 10, but. Uh, Sean, if you were a egocentric, self-centered, maniacal, billionaire douchebag who only communicated to his staff worldwide via fax machine, uh, how many mm-hmm. faxes are you sending on a scale of 1 to 10? With You're sending 10 faxes describing your love for this movie. How many faxes are you sending? Oh, this is so hard. This is so hard. On my enjoyment of this movie, I like honestly, I can't think of a single reason to knock off any points at all from this movie. Right. In terms of my enjoyment, like, like, is it a perfect movie? I don't know. Maybe not. No, 
question mark? I don't know. It's damn good. I like I don't know, but like if I'm making if I'm sending a fax to ten people about how much I love this movie, I think ten faxes are reaching their intended destination. Maybe one of them had like kind of a little bit of misprint. Maybe, maybe there's a smudge here or there, but like all ten are reaching their destination. All right, man. To that, like this is such a fun movie that just it's like riding a roller coaster and you get off and you're like, man, that was so much fun. I want to get on it again. Exactly. And it just makes me want new and better roller coasters from these same people because I like what they're designing. Yeah. It's like it was like a faster pace Perot movie. Yes, absolutely. And modernized, up to date. You know, I'm not hating. I'll take more pro O movies too. I want more of those. Same. I'm really enjoying those as well. Let's fucking keep them going. I hope give we're me, in, give me both of these. Yeah, I hope we're in a murder mystery renaissance era right now. I would love that. I freaking hope so, man. Maybe While it's the rise of, of all that, these uh, making true more crime. national treasures. Yeah, sure. I guess if that's what you're into. <laughs> but, Dude, I'll yeah. watch all of these. It's maybe uh maybe like I said, a sign of the rising influence of the true crime podcast era. Maybe that's what's bringing us back to this murder mystery time and that's fucking fine let's go let's solve more mysteries let's get scooby doing the gang oh man just talking about this makes me want to go watch it like i like i almost want to sign up for netflix but at the same time like nah i'm good i I will not watch it tonight but there's a high chance i watch either it or knives out tomorrow dude we'll see nice we'll see but uh nice other than that man Fucking great, great episode. Another great, great episode for the year. We're doing good. This is what, episode three's already? In 2023? <laughs> Two, I think? No, because we did things we loved and then things we're that stoked was... about. Did we do? Was loved in the end of uh, December? Uh, Nope, this will, yeah. Loved is was the end of December. Okay. That was, uh, okay. so that was is, our New Year episode. Whatever, this is two... And in this year that are bangers, y'all. Coming out hot. Oh, my God. This Friday's Friday the 13th. I didn't even realize that. I didn't either. Huh. You know, when I was a kid, you would, like, look forward to Friday the 13th for for some stupid reason. I don't know why. That's awesome. Anyways, it doesn't really matter. I'm definitely going to watch a Jason Voorhees movie Friday now, so. Reminder, everybody, on doc, on menu for next week Mm -hmm. is the menu. Watch it. I've been trying to get everybody that I know to watch that movie. It is a lot of fun. But until then, Kyle, what can our fine listeners go do besides sub to our Patreon and follow us on Facebook and us on Twitter? I tell you what, Shawnee. This week, our listeners can go pancake themselves.